Paul prayed for that thorn to be removed. Lord, you had a purpose for that thorn, and you had a purpose for that trial. You had a purpose for that difficulty. But God, I pray that you'll send the grace we need to get through it. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the folks that are here today. I pray, God, that you'll bless them and meet their needs. Oh, well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. How many of you love your preacher? Say amen. Uh, I, I, I feel the Lord uh, this evening. Uh, this evening, I feel like the Lord is going to allow us to preach on uh, the thorn. Paul had a thorn. Uh, the Bible says, because of the revelation, the abundance of the revelation given unto me, there was a, a thorn given to my flesh, Amen. given to me, lest I be exalted above measure. And he said, three times I asked God to take yeah. it away. Three times I asked God to fix this situation. Three times I asked God to remove this. But he said, look, my grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. And I'm going to preach on that tonight. If you'll come back tonight, I'm going to do my very best. And he said, in my weakness, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities. In other words, I'm going to shout because of my problems. I said, dear God, how many of us need to know how to do that? Amen. So y'all come back tonight and we're going we're gonna to try our best to preach out of that. Boy, I, I, I thank God for the church, don't you? It's good. To, I look back there and I seen the yo-yos back there. Uh, Jo-yo. Tina Yo and the two Yo Yos. Amen. Yeah. Isn't that great? Amen. Tina, does it feel good to get out the house and everything? All right. Now see, let me let me let me help something, because she won't never say this, but I'm the preacher and I can say what I want to. Amen. So uh, here's what you're thinking. I'm gonna be the first to run back there and grab one of them babies. You'll get you'll lose a hand. Listen, because old people got cooties. Say amen. And them, them babies are little, and, and they, you know, they, I mean, just little old bitty things ain't but about that big. And, 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 man, they can catch the cooties fast. Say amen. So we need you to, you can look, but don't touch, and don't get too close in your face, because you might scare one of them, okay? How many, amen, Brother O'Neill? You might as well say amen. Come on now. I'm just trying to say something they won't say, but they're thinking. Amen. Uh, so just please help us with that. When they get about 13, you can hug them or something. Amen? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Amen. I'm not kidding about the touching thing. We just need to ease up and everything. And uh, there's, something, there's something about that that uh, the doctor didn't even want him to get out for two months. But what does he know? He's just a doctor. Amen? Uh, so we thank God for y'all being here and, uh, and, and, and got Mama there too. See, Mama Bear, you know, the grandmamas, they don't play. I need a witness right there. <laughs> Amen. If Tina don't bite you, she will. Amen. <laughs> so we want you to uh, turn with me to the book of Acts before we all get shot this morning. Uh, the book of Acts, chapter number 26. If you have your Bible, and I need, so, I need some help, too, from our, uh, uh, our smoking section. Amen. Uh, uh, we, <laughs> we have moved the smokers from the front door to the back door. Amen. And, and I understand. I understand sometimes you just got to have one. I understand. I preach it so hot around here. You got, I got to get me something. Amen. I understand that, and I'm not, I'm, I, hey, you know, it, it's a bad habit. I wish you'd quit it, but some of you are still struggling with it, and that's fine. Uh, but if you'll do it in your car or, or out in the grass out there in the tree somewhere, and, and the reason I say that, uh, people don't need to have to walk through a fog to get in the church house. Y'all help me with that. That's very important. Not only that, them nasty cigarettes are all over the ground, and somebody's got to pick them up, and it's usually me, and I don't like them. So help me with that, all right? I ain't, I'm not chewing nobody out or getting, you know, I just want you to help me with that. 
uh, don't get mad and sideways. Just smoke them in your car and put them in your ashtray. I need a witness. Help me with that. It's just something, and, 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 and if you get mad and say, Preacher, don't love me, you're telling a lie, because you know I love you with all my heart, and uh, we, want, we want the best for everybody. Are y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand our feet. Stand our feet. Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26, and we're going to read in verse 26. Acts 26, 26. If you want to know the, uh, the, the history going into the verse we're fixing to read, uh, we know that Paul is basically being put on trial. Uh, he has no charges against him so far, but he is standing before King Agrippa and Festus. Uh, the Jews are trying to kill him. Uh, how many of y'all know when you do right, there's going to be people that don't, just don't like it? Amen. The Jews tried to come against Paul. Uh, they tried to kill him. They tried to uh, destroy him. The Roman government stepped in, and now uh, they are in their custody. They are under their authority now. And uh, Paul is being uh, uh, grilled. Paul is being judged here. And King Agrippa tells Paul, you have freedom to speak. You just say, say what you, what's on your mind. Uh, you are free to speak. So Paul begins to speak in chapter 26 and tells his testimony, tells about what happened to him and what he went through and what God is doing for him and the mission that he is on. Now he gets to the place that the tables are turned. It goes from Paul being judged to Festus and Agrippa being on trial. And that's what we want to talk about here today. Verse number 26, if you're there, say a hearty amen. amen. For the king, this is talking about Agrippa, Paul is speaking to Agrippa, for the king knoweth of these things. What things? The gospel things. That Jesus was born. And listen, he walked on this planet 33 and a third years. They crucified him, put him in the ground. And on the third day, he got up again. King, you know these things. You know these things. The king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things were hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. In other words, it wasn't hid from nobody. They didn't do it on the back street somewhere. They didn't do it out in the wilderness somewhere. It was right downtown Jerusalem. They put him right on a cross, right in the midst of everybody, where everybody could see him. Say amen. Paul said this thing was not done in the corner. And then, listen, he turns to King Agrippa, and just like a preacher can, listen, he went to applying to him, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, then Agrippa said unto Paul, read it with me, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Saddest Words in the Bible. Saddest words in the Bible. Read it with me again. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to take this word. I believe it's what you gave me. And I pray that you'll use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Almost. Almost. I looked up the word. I looked up the word almost. I almost won. I almost had it. I almost made it. How many times has the word almost come in our lives? 
Sometimes I, th I think I could write the book on the word almost. That's been the story of my life. I'm always the second one. Now, my brother, he's the one that gets it. If it can be won, he's going to win it. He's just got the, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it, it, he's just the luckiest person that I've ever met in my life. And I'm always, I'm always one number short. I'm always a day late and a dollar short. That's just my life. That's just the way it is. But you know, when it comes to my eternal destiny, I don't want it to be almost. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The word almost. Look at the, look at the definition of the word almost. Uh, uh, almost says very nearly, but not exactly or entirely. Very nearly, but not exactly. My goodness. What, what are you, what are you uh, trusting in this morning? What are you basing your eternal life on? Because you're going somewhere someday. This is not all there is to it. Uh, when a person dies, he's not going to be dead like Rover and dead all over. He is going to be somewhere someday. Every man has an eternal destiny. Every man has a place he's going to. And two of those destinations are the only one, the only options we have. One is a place called heaven. One is the city of God. One is a place where the street is gold and the walls are jasper and the gates are pearl. And the presence in the place is the glory of God. There'll be no need for sun, moon, or stars in that place because the glory of God will radiate through the place and we'll be in the presence of an almighty God forever and ever and ever and ever and I'm going to walk with him and talk with him and fellowship with him and I'm telling you what it's going to be a wonderful thing and I feel God all over that I can't wait to get to heaven heaven is wonderful heaven is great it's going to be a wonderful day when we make it there but the other option is a lake of fire the other option is a lake of fire. The Bible said that the rich man died and in hell he lift up his eyes. You know, I've heard, I've heard people talk about purgatory. Purgatory. Uh, Catholics will talk about purgatory. There's no such thing as purgatory. There is a temporary holding place for the lost and that's called hell. Hell is not the final destination. The Bible says that all those whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life shall be cast into a lake of fire. That's where the devil and his angels are going to be. That's a hot place. That's an awful place. That's a final place. That's a forever place. I don't want anything. I don't want, listen, what's determining the options that I'm taking. I don't want anything to be determined by almost. Not exactly. Not entirely. You know what? Judas kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. Judas walked with Jesus and saw the miracles of the Lord, saw the compassion of the Lord. Judas' feet was washed in the upper room by the Lord. And he almost... But not exactly. How many people's eyes wake up in hell? Say, I almost went in that church service. Almost. Saddest words in the Bible. Paul is preaching his heart out. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe? He said, almost. You know what he says? Very nearly. But not exactly. I'm going to preach this morning on almost. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, I want you to see, number one, I want you to see the concerned preacher. The concerned preacher. 
Sometimes, sometimes, Brother Spence, I'm the most misunderstood person in this building. I know that's hard to believe. As adorable as I am, I'm the most misunderstood person in this building. Take, for instance, a while ago. There's going to be folks that misunderstand what I had to say. But I had to say it. Because I'm the under-shepherd. I've got to watch out for the whole and not just the individual. I'm concerned that somebody may see that. Somebody may see that and say, bless God, if that's all this church is, I don't want to have to go through a smokestack to get in the house of God. I'm not coming no more. Now, I don't want that to happen. I'm concerned. I'm concerned at the children that see that. I'm concerned at the little people that see that, and they think, well, if it's okay for them, it may be okay for me. I'm concerned about that. And listen, I would never stand and say, look, you're either going to heaven or hell if I wasn't concerned about keeping you out of hell. I don't say what I say because I like saying it. I tried to talk three guys up in that choir to get them to say it for me, and they all chickened out. They're all cowards up there. They wouldn't say it for me. No, preacher, you go, you go ahead and write them and say, you're misunderstood. Anyhow, you go ahead and say it. They'll understand. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Paul is on trial. Paul is in chains. Why? Because he's concerned. He's concerned. Paul had a burden for souls. Number or A, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to see the testimony he reported. When King Agrippa gave him, gave him the authority to go ahead and speak freely, when King Agrippa said, Paul, answer for yourself, uh, uh, answer to the charges that are being brought against you, uh, go ahead and speak freely. Oh, Paul, he was glad of that because you don't never give a preacher an audience and tell him to speak freely. Say amen. I've been dying for one, going to one of these events and him asking me to do that because I promise you we're going to hear the... We're going to hear the gospel. Amen. Amen. But however long it takes him to turn that mic off that I got in my hand, that's maybe what they're going to hear. Amen. But see, he, he says, I think myself happy. I think myself happy, O Agrippa, to speak unto you of these things. He said, I know you're an expert in all the Jewish customs. I know you're an expert in the law. I know you're an expert in all these things. He just said, let me just tell you how it was. And he began to share his testimony. What is a testimony? It's something that happened to you. Everybody has got a testimony. It may be a testimony of nothing, but it may be a testimony of something. It, listen, Paul said, let me tell you what I was. Let me tell you about my character. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was of the strictest sect. I was a conservative, son. I'm here to tell you, I was as straight-laced as they come. I did it exactly the way the law was, and I was very zealous of the law. All around here know who I was. They saw me when I grew up in that way. I used to be that way. I went. Not only did he talk about his character, but then he talked about his crusade. Listen, his, uh, 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 his crusade in verses 9 through 11. He said, I wreaked havoc in the church. I went and I snatched Christians out of synagogues. I snatched them out of homes and I made them blaspheme and I even put them to death. I did everything I could against this church that I'm standing for now. I did everything I can to wreak havoc in the church because I did it ignorantly. He talked about his character. He talked about his crusade. But then, thank God, he talked about his conversion. He said, then all of a sudden, 
He said, I had letters to go to Damascus. I was on the road to Damascus, and I was going to get Christians there and bring them back. But son, on oh, hallelujah. There's a little God right there. He said, when I was going for the devil, when I was running wide open for the devil, I was on the devil's road, and I saw the light. Amen. Now, I don't know if Hank Sr. ever saw the light like he sung about seeing the light, but I'm here to tell you, if you ever see the light, you won't never be the same. The Bible says the glory of God shined upon Paul, knocked him off of his right. I tell you what, God's got a way of knocking you off your high horse. I know you think you're in control. I know you think you're in command. But I'm here to tell you, there is a higher power. There is somebody up in heaven that is in control. And you think you have the control. You think you have the steering wheel. But I'm here to tell you, God is in control. And he can take the steering wheel out of your hand. He knocked him off his high horse, blinded him. He said, oh, who is it, Lord? Is that you, Lord? He said, son, I tell you, King Agrippa, all I can tell you is what happened to me. I don't know what happened to her, and I don't know what happened to them, and I don't know what happened to him. All I know is what happened to me, and I'm here to tell you, somebody touched me that day. I ain't never been the same. I don't have an answer. I don't have an explanation. All I know is Jesus passed by my way. Now I don't talk the same. Now I don't walk the same. Now I don't act the same. Now I don't want the same things. Something happened to me. I can tell people to stand up and testify. My dad was the biggest, listen, the biggest hoodlum in Fort Pierce. And Jesus touched him, saved his soul, changed him around. Then he began to preach the gospel. Listen, was that church? Every time the doors were open, don't tell me religion done that. He said, something, something happened. Can you see old King Agrippa? Lord God. He thought about his conversion. He said, I was on that road. Boy, I saw the light. And then he began to talk about number four. He began to talk about it. I'm Baptist, y'all. Don't get excited. I'm Baptist. I'm, I, I just come from a different strain than you have. Amen. Listen, how can you expect to get excited if I'm not excited? Amen. I got something to be excited about. Amen. He said, not only did I he tell about his calling, he began to explain, listen, not his conversion, but he began to explain about his calling. He said, King Agrippa, I just got to be honest with you. I'm just doing what I've been told to do. God called me. God sent me. Ooh. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I dig what I get called to do. I love doing what God's called me to do. He said, King, I'm just being obedient to what he called me to do. He began to tell him, listen, I'm here to reach the Gentiles. God's called me with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, say amen. amen. Do I have another seer? or is that all of them? Look here. Is that all of them? Good. I'm way out of air. Amen. <laughs> listen, don't you see the testimony he reported? But then not only that, but watch this here. I want you to see the truth that he revealed. The truth that he revealed. What is that truth? What is that truth? Look in verse number 20. If you have your Bibles open, look in verse number 20. This is what he began to say. This is why he's on trial for what he was saying. 
He said, but showed first. This is what I did. This is what I did. He showed first unto them of Damascus and of Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Well, that's a message you don't hear every day, is it? People are heaping to themselves teachers having each and ear. People want to know how to get a Cadillac by the time they're 30. People want to know how to have... Now, I'm a prosperity preacher. I believe God will bless you. But if all you care is about the Cadillac and not the condemnation of sin, you have a problem. The Bible says preach the word. That means all of it. Not that God is a God of love, but He's a God of righteousness and holiness and justice also. The Bible says we're to repent and turn to God. He doesn't say rearrange your lifestyle. He doesn't say reorganize your schedule. He says repent. Turn from your wicked way. Turn from your lifestyle. Turn to God. Well, we don't want to hear that. We want to go someplace where they'll tell us what we want to hear. Man, if I went to a doctor like that, we'd, we'd be in trouble. He said, I got a truth. And I'm going to share it. And you know what? They didn't like it. And they ain't going to like it today neither. Zoom, zoom. Can you see? Can you see Paul's concern? I go every Sunday night. Every Sunday night, I got to peel my clothes off of me. Soaking, sweating to my socks. I mean, just, it's all I can do. Make it through the door, make it to the bed. If I do, tell me, bring me something to drink. Tell me, bring me something. I'm just, I don't do that for the money. It ain't worth it. Crying. Being in places and just, A strain on your mental capacities beyond imagination. I don't do that stuff because I have a career. I change careers. <laughs> Dr. Brown said something very interesting to me. He said to everybody, they hurt too. He said, if there's any way in this world, when that first, first day of school, if there is any way in this world you can do something else, do it. What's that mean? You don't need to be in the place that I'm in and not be called to it. I would do something else. I've tried doing other things. But there's just something in me. I just can't I don't know what in the world would happen if I couldn't. Amen. It's called a calling. Yeah. It's a concern for the lost. Can you see the concerned preacher say amen? amen? I want you to look number two real quickly, real quickly. I want you to look at number two, the curious politician. Write that down. The curious politician. King Agrippa. You got to see, you got to see. And use your imagination. I got a good one. King Agrippa is sitting here on the throne. 
Festus is with him. Uh, Bernice, which is King Agrippa's sister, is with him. And all the pomp and circumstance, all the crowd that goes around the king and, and everybody that would be with him and all his entourage and everything. And, and man, Paul is laying it down. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. Jesus called me on the Damascus Road. Listen, Jesus said to repent and turn to God and do works for me to repentance. Gee, are y'all with me? I mean, he's shucking the corn. Are y'all with me? And king Agrippa's right here. He's hearing everything that's being said. Now watch what conviction does. Watch what conviction does. Festus, now stay with me. I need your full attention, full attention. Festus says, Paul, much learning hath made you mad. You know what happens when people get under conviction? They want to lash out at the one that's bringing the conviction into their heart. Paul said, ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't a thing wrong with me. Then he turns to Agrippa. Believe us thou. Curious politician. I want you to write this down. I'm, I got I got to get to sub point B quick because it's, it's in me and it's wanting to come out. Amen. A, write this down quickly. I want you to see, we're talking about King Agrippa. I want you to see the awareness that he forsook. The awareness, and I want to show you what I'm talking about. The awareness he forsook. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse 26, are you there, say amen? Are you there, say amen? For the king knoweth of these things. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm not telling him something that he don't already know. Say, how does he he know that already? Because back in verse 3, look in verse 3, quickly, quickly, reach over there and look in verse 3. Paul is saying, and he's addressing Agrippa, he said, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the... Hello... I want you to see the awareness he forsook. Richard, what are you saying? This is what I'm saying. You know, they say, ignorance is no excuse for the... But nobody is going to stand before God and say, Well, I didn't... I've got on to my children before. Why did you do that? I didn't know. You know what? Everybody in this room, everybody in the sound of my voice, everybody can hear this little microphone sticking outside of my head. Everybody knows now that you're a sinner and that you have one or two destinations. It's either going to be heaven or hell. It's go- oh, yes. And I mean forever and ever and ever. You know them two things. And you know the Bible says if you do not repent and turn to God, if you do not trust Him and give Him your life, if you don't accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, you'll die and bust hell wide open. You have been made aware of the truth. Now, what are you going to do with it? You see, he knew these these things. King Agrippa was well aware of the prophets. King Agrippa was well aware of the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. He was well aware of the prophecy that concerned about Jesus Christ. He was well aware of that man who had such a following who they crucified, and they said he got up again. He knew all that stuff. And how many people today, Brother Ronnie, walk around in a lost condition, 
They walk around in an unconverted condition. They walk around, listen, and if they were to trip and fall and die, they'd go straight to hell. They're walking around with the awareness of the gospel. They are aware of how to make it to heaven, yet they're not there. He said, I know you know him. Can you see that? Can you see him addressing Agrippa? He said, I know you know him. I know. You're an expert in all these things. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. And then he says this. Believe the prophets. Don't y'all know, I'm a wild-eyed, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, wind-sucking, Baptist preacher. I'm not a real good teacher. I try to be. But when I teach, my preach comes out. It just does. Miss, uh, Miss Meherg's in that room over there. She's in that room over there because we're, 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 we're just scrunched for space, but we're about to get them up over there, and she'll be glad for the day when she gets her class back up there because she can't help. When, that, when, 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 mm, when it starts getting good to me, I can't help it. I get, Amen. wow. Amen. They're just here, well, you was loud today. Amen. But you know the difference between teachers and preachers? Do you want to know? Well, good, because I'm going to tell you. Amen. <laughs> the Bible says in the last days, the perilous days we're in, yeah. people shall heap upon themselves. In other words, gather around them. Yeah. Teachers. Right. Now, it's in the connotation of something negative. Yeah. I don't know how many people come up to me and say, we just love our pre- He's such a good teacher. Yeah. And that's... that's Okay. But they don't even understand. They don't even understand. They're missing it. There's so many teachers in pulpits today. Teachers. Listen, we need seminars and conferences and all. Let them do that stuff. Teaching how to be debt free. And that's great and that's fine. And we need places that how to do this and how to do that and all that stuff. But, son, we need somebody. Who could care less about what the world thinks. Could care less about what the devil says. Could care less about what the polls say. And break God's word open and say, this is what God says. Paul is addressing the king. Paul is addressing Agrippa. And he says this. He says, I know you know these things. And then he says this. Do you believe them? This is the difference. This is the difference between a teacher and a preacher. Right. This is why people are flocking around teachers. They do not want conviction. Right. They do not want accountability. Right. A teacher will say, this is the information. This is the information. There's no accountability to that. There's no conviction in that. A preacher will say, this is what God said. Now, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? He'll bring it right down and sit it in your lap. He'll start applying it to your life and say, hey, make up your mind. Choose you this day who you will serve. Amen. People don't want accountability. People don't want conviction. People don't want, hey, I don't want to be, hey, hey, let me just slide in the back and ease out before the prayer's being said. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not a drag race Christian. I'm not going to drag in here and race out. I'm not a brill cream Christian. A little dab will do me. I need all I can get. It's about time we have some accountability. 
It's about time we have some Holy Ghost conviction. A preacher will say, make up your mind. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, I don't care what the world does. I don't care what the family does. My family, we're going to serve God. Elijah said to that crowd on Mount Carmel, Hey, make up your mind. How long halt you between two opinions? If God be God, serve Him. If Baal be God, I tell you, America is in an epidemic of crisis proportions. They need men of God to stand up and say, Make up your mind. You can't walk both sides of the fence. Make up your mind and serve God. He came to Agrippa and he said, You're going to make a choice today. Do you believe or don't you? Boy, that just shook a grip. I know. I know my style may not be your style. But there ain't but one gear in my transmission. I do the best I can, but I'm just telling you the way it is. You know what you're going to leave here today? What are you going to do with the facts I just gave you? Amen. King Agrippa, do you, can you see what he done? I mean, he just flam. He just laid it in his lap. You see, preaching is universal and it's in general and in general. But all of a sudden, he said, King Agrippa, do you believe? He brought it right down personal. And that's the difference between a teacher and a preacher. What are you going to do with it? If you're here today and you're lost, you don't know Jesus is your personal Savior, I'm asking you right now, what are you going to do with what I just said? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to deny it? Are you going to forsake it? Are you going to ignore it? Are you going to leave in the same condition you came? Because I promise you this, hell's coming. What are you going to do with what I said? What are you going to do? We see the application he faced. Not only the awareness he forsook, but the application he faced. He said, what will you do? what I just said and last of all last of all what was number one say it with me I, I'm hurrying I know y'all ready to get I know y'all dying to get out of this service number one say it with me number one how many y'all see that say me say it with me number one we find the concerned preacher number two I want you to see the number three write this down I want you to see the Everybody say it with me. Number, number three, we see the certain peril. certain peril. My goodness. Brother Lawrence, I can't help but think of invitations that we've had. And I've stood and I've stood and I've stood and I've stood. And I've seen people hold the back of the chair. And I've seen people with tears dripping down their face. I've seen people hold on till the knuckles turn white. And almost move. Most move, brother Barry. Look up at that definition again, real quick. The right, no, up on, no, on my, on my, on my notes, on, on my notes. What I say, 
What does almost mean? Say that first part with me. Very. Say it with me. Very. But. So close. I preached as hard as I could. Sweat dripping off of me. Tears coming down my face. Because I want so badly. I mean, Ross, my, 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 my heart just aches and just. I want to see him saved so bad. Paul said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Even Paul, even Paul in his next verse, when he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, he said, oh, Agrippa, Mr. Bates, he said, oh, Agrippa, I wish you would and everybody in here would be what I am. Listen. There's a crisis coming. There's a crisis coming. Why? Why was there a crisis coming in Agrippa's life? A, because of a foolish decision. Foolish decision. It's foolish to know what's coming and not do anything about it. Amen. You know what? Well, you know, I'm from Florida. They have hurricanes in Florida. Hurricanes. You know what that is? That's a souped-up tornado. I mean, it's a nice one. But you know what technology has made? Well, they see it coming three or four days before it comes. And we've got some Floridians in here. That they've, they've come up with us. You know what we start doing? Y'all probably seen on TV because y'all northern people, y'all don't know nothing about this. But when we hear that that thing's coming, we go to, we go to son, you better hit Home Depot quick. Are y'all with me? Because they will run out to plywood quick. You know why? Because they know if that thing's coming, I need to get. Ha ha. Better do something. It's coming. Well, I don't believe it. You not believe want to let your house be in that pond over there. Whether you believe it or not, it's coming. Well, I just I just ain't gonna believe it. Well, go right ahead. It's coming. The Bible said, For God so loved the world. Didn't it say that? Didn't it say that? John 3 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Well, I just don't believe it. You don't have to. Listen, that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether you believe or not. It's coming. Hell is real. And it's foolish to know that. It's foolish to be aware of that fact. It's foolish to know that if you were to die right now, you'd go to hell and not do something about it. Amen. That's a foolish decision to make. That, that, I mean, that just borders the line of lunacy. To know it's coming and decide not to do anything about it. Not only a foolish decision, 
I want you to see this. Sad to say, it's a final decision. It's a final decision. The rich man in hell lift up his eyes, being in torment. He said, let me go back. Let me go tell my brother. Send somebody back. Send, even if it's not me, send somebody back to go tell my brothers. Let them. He said, no man can go from where you're at. When you draw your last breath, what's done is done. I've had people come and say, so-and-so died. Let's pray for them. What's done is done. What's said is said. What will be, will be, what will be. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? You have, a t you have an option right now. You have a choice right now. You have an opportunity right now. In just a moment, we're going to sing. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song. And you have an opportunity to trust Christ. And the decision that you make, y'all stay with me. Stay right here, right here. The decision you make today Maybe, listen, the determining factor of where you live forever and ever and ever. Let me see those verses. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. How long? Let me, let me show you who's going to be with them. Let me that next verse. Five verses later, five verses later, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Say, preacher, just, I'm just not ready. What's that mean? Well, I, I'll do it when I'm ready. Let me share one story with you. Let me share one story with you, and we're going to pray and dismiss you. Please stay with me. Don't shut nothing up. Don't shut nothing up. Stay with me. Keep your minds open. Very short story. There was a gentleman that kept coming to church down in Florida. Every invitation. He'd have tears dripping off his cheeks. And his knuckles would be so white from holding on. He would just, he knew he needed it. He knew hell was real. But he was afraid to let go. You know what the sad thing is? He was afraid of letting go of what he was going to lose anyway. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What will my friends think? What will my family think? What will I have to quit? What will I have to... Son, I tell you what, I gained so much, I could care less about what I lost. And he would just grip the pew and grip the pew and service after service after service. And in his mind, he said, I will one day. I will one day. Not now. The Holy Ghost would draw him. The Holy Ghost would pull him. The Holy Ghost would woo him. And listen, he would say, no, not yet. Almost. I'm not ready yet, but almost. Until one service he came and nothing. The invitation was given. There was no look on his face. There was no emotion in his heart. 
stood with his hands crossed, waiting for it to be over. Rachel, what happened? What happened? The Bible says, God's spirit shall not always strive with man. What's that mean? There's a cutoff time. God is going to ask you, ask you, and ask you. There's coming a time. You ever heard of the sin that cannot be forgiven? Everybody says it's suicide. That's because you don't know your Bible. The sin that can never be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And what is that? It's when the Holy Ghost comes and draws you and you say, no. You're rejecting the Holy Ghost. I got a verse for you. I got a verse for you. Give me the verse that was under foolish. Give me the verse that was under foolish. Watch this. Watch this. You have that, Brother Barnes? If we sin willfully, that's not talking about making a mistake. That word sin means habitual. In other words, if we reject the Lord willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. You know what that means? If we turn our back on the Lord Jesus Christ, if we turn our back on the wooing of the Holy Spirit and the salvation He's got to offer, you're going to die and go to hell because there's no other way to forgive that sin. That's why it is so foolish. Peter said Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And look, you say, but, what, but, but, but you said He will keep on, but there's coming a time. But what if... Today is your last time. I believe that gentleman is going to die and go to hell. Because he sinned away his day of grace. I believe that with all my heart. I believe with all my heart because he came into the preaching of the gospel with no conviction whatsoever. It was over. His fate. Said that bother you? It tears me to pieces. Say, why does that bother you so bad, preacher? Because I'm standing looking at a crowd. And there's folks in here that's saying almost. 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 King Agrippa is in hell today. Every day in hell, he says almost. 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 Listen, if you're here today and you're lost, I prayed and I studied and I begged God to tell me what to say. And that's what He wanted you to hear. Now here's, your, here's the application. What are you going to do with the truth that you know now? Your Heavenly Father 